The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The pre-med year, session number 481. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to share another Instagram live Q&A that I did this past week. If you don't join me on Instagram Live every Friday, what are you waiting for? Uh, we have some amazing conversations on there. It's raw, it's upfront, and uh, hopefully super helpful as well. Usually the first of the month, or the first Friday of the month, rather, I also have Blueprint MCAT on as a co-host with me on Instagram. So it's a, a Blueprint Live Online instructor, as well as myself, and hopefully you asking questions. And those first Fridays of the month, we usually give away a Blueprint Live Online course as well. So if you haven't gone uh, on a first Friday, you should. Uh, This Friday as we're recording this, uh, March 25th, I will not be there. So do not expect me to be there. Uh, we, We will be on vacation. So it'll be fun. But did you know? I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by our friends over at Blueprint MCAT. Did you know that spaced repetition is a well-studied, well-researched way to learn information? And Blueprint has a brand new spaced repetition platform for their flashcards, over 1,600 amazing flashcards, where you can make sure that you understand, learn, memorize, and retain all of that information necessary to score as high as you can on the MCAT. So head over to mcatflashcards.com. Sign up for a free account and get started today. Again, that's mcatflashcards.com. Let's go and jump into our Instagram Live Q&A today. What's up, Instagram Live? It's a little bit late, but we are here, ready to rock. For some Q&A Friday, I hope you're having a wonderful day. So I try to position my microphone here appropriately. Um, what's going on? It's match day. Congrats to everyone who's matching today. Uh, give me one second. I record over here. All right. There we go. Cool. What's going on? If you are new here, then you know, or you don't know, uh, Friday is Q&A day. Uh, I don't take questions from the texts, so don't ask me your question or don't write out your question because I just, I don't find that as fun as uh, being able to have you jump on and have a conversation. So, uh, the best way to come on and ask me a question is just that request to join live. 
you should do that uh, as soon as you can, and we'll bring you on, and we'll have a fun little conversation. What do you say? Let's do that. Good morning, Michael. Hello, hello. Hope everyone is doing fantastic today. Got Mr. Bones in the corner over there. Hello, Mr. Bones. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's bring some people on. Have some fun. Again, match day for uh, for everyone out there where fourth-year medical students or graduates find out where they're going. Hello there. Hello, Sophie from San Diego. Um, I cannot hear you. Hold on one second. What's going on? Oh, that's because... This is not working. Hold on. Hello, headset. Well, that's a bummer. Um, hmm. Hold on one second. My headset's not working. Hold on. No, I know. I know you can hear me, but I can't hear you. So hold on. All right, we are back. Hello, hot dogs tea. Um, awesome. Let's keep rocking and rolling. I think you guys can hear me better now. Give me a little thumbs up, a little yes, that you can uh, hear me through the microphone now, hear me a little bit better. And uh, ideally, I'll be able to hear you this time. Hello, Sophie. Ryan does mean little king. What's going on? Can you guys hear me better? Yes, J-Love. All right. Let's rock and roll. Um, so again, if you want to request to join me live to ask some questions, that's what we're here for. Um, all right. Let's do this. Hi again. Can you hear me now? I can. That's much better. Awesome. I just have a really quick question. Um, is it frowned upon if I was a CNA at a hospital for like a year and one of my patient's family members really wants to write me a recommendation letter yep. and it would be really, really good. Yep. But I don't know if it's like breaking HIPAA or something. Yeah. So what is HIPAA? Well, like not giving like personal information or like, is it breaking any kind of medical school code where they're like, okay, nice letter, but this is not professional. Or would it be like? Oh, well, yeah, uh, well, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's let's answer the first question first. What what's HIPAA? I don't know. Well, how can you just throw around HIPAA if you don't know what HIPAA is? I meant just like in general. Is it breaking any kind of like professional rules? So, <laughs> no, right? If if a family wants to say. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. They're allowed to do that. Right? When when uh when you are treating someone, think think in the future or patients that or physicians that you've seen, do do you tell patients or have physicians ever told you you are not allowed to talk about this at all to anybody? No. No. Right? HIPAA is you as a provider 
going on social media going, oh my gosh, I just took care of Sally Jones. You should see how crazy she is. Oh God. Right? That's HIPAA. (laughs) But if Sally Jones wants to go on and go, oh my gosh, my doctor was amazing. They're treating me for my craziness. (laughs) I don't know why I'm using craziness as (laughs) as the diagnosis, whatever. Um, Right? She's allowed to do that. Okay. HIPAA is you releasing information, not patients releasing information. Okay. So they can write you a letter. Now, the question is, should a patient's family write you a letter? No. I I don't think that letter will help you. Hello, Julia. I miss you. How's med school? Um, I, I don't think that letter will help you. You should look at what medical schools want. And if you're like, I don't care what you say, Dr. Gray. I want that letter. Go ahead. It's not going to hurt you. It would be on top of, I have a committee letter and a letter from a physician. Okay. Already. Yeah. Um, and that would be like the third letter. Okay. Go for it. Okay, good. I'm less worried because I was concerned they want to write me one and he passed away, the patient. So yeah. the family is just wants to. All right. Well, thank you. That yeah, you're welcome. Husband. Now you learn a little bit about HIPAA too. Yes. All Maybe right. I'll go flat before I start being a doctor. <laughs> yes. right, Google HIPAA. You. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Um, bring on Hunter. Some fun Q&A. So HIPAA. So many physicians, healthcare offices don't understand HIPAA. It always pissed me off. When sorry, Hunter, just one minute, I gotta go on this rant. It always pissed me off when I would reach out to another provider's office and go, "Hey, this is Doctor Gray. I need records for for Sally." Right? I keep using Sally today. I need records for Sally, and they're like, "Oh, we need you to fill out this HIPAA request form." I'm like, "No, I don't. Like that is not HIPAA." HIPAA, HIPAA protects us. Provider to provider, we're okay here. We don't we don't need to like sign HIPAA forms and have the patient release this information. Like, no, I don't. That's not what HIPAA is. <sighs> anyway. Hello, Hunter. <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Awesome. So I have a quick question about the MCAT. So I took it in January and I didn't do great. Like I got a 500, so definitely not where I want to be, but not like horrible like it's a good starting point i guess it is below average as of now right the average for mcat is about a 501.5 i think now so i was basically studying while being full-time in school okay and that didn't work for me like i'd push the mcat off and i wasn't surprised i got that score just because of everything else okay how many full lengths did you take oh i think like Eight or nine. Okay, so you, you took lots of full lengths. Yeah, I did a few cap, and they were all like between five hundred and five hundred two or three. So I wasn't surprised with that. Okay, but my question is, I feel like everything else for my app is fine besides my MCAT. Okay, and I registered to retake it in July. So do you think okay. I should apply the start of January if I get everything done on time? And isn't the, I've heard there's like an option to check incoming MCAT score. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be okay for my situation or would schools put me off yeah and and so when you you say start of january i'm assuming you mean start of june 
Yeah, June. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there's a an option checkbox question on the application. Like, do you have a pending MCAT date or score coming? Um, and and so th- it's a common fear that students have. Like, if I apply with a lower score, the medical schools are just automatically going to weed me out. No, like they understand that students don't ace the MCAT the first time around. So I don't think there's any issue with you applying and checking a box. The question would be, how confident are you that come July, and ideally it's earlier in July, right? My general rule of thumb is is end of June is when you want to take the MCAT, if you're going to take it that late. July is okay. It just, it starts to push back when medical schools will start looking at your application. So the question would be, how confident are you that you will be able to get the score that you want? the second time around. And if you are not super confident, then what's the rush? Yeah. I feel like I have more confidence this time around just because I graduate in May. Okay. So ideally I'd have more time. I'm going to put off getting a job in the hospital and study for the MCAT instead. Okay. So I won't have that fear of, oh crap, I'm pushing it off again. Okay. What? Well, so so let's, let's stop talking time. stats because – My biggest thing these days, I I talk to so many students. I had a student yesterday that I talked to and she, we, we call, we talked on the phone for about 15 minutes and she's like, I think my essays are why I didn't get into med school, right? I'm in an SMP. I'm, I'm crushing that. My essays are not, are, are why I didn't get into med school. I got her application. Her last clinical experience was 2019. Her last shadowing experience was March of 2020. No virtual shadowing on there, even though everyone moved to virtual shadowing. So you just said, and it, it, it concerns me that I'll hold off getting a clinical job until after I'm done taking the MCAT. So you won't be able to put that on your AMCAS application. You can put yeah. future experiences on a TMDSAS. You can add experiences to a COMIS. But it won't be on your AMCAS application, which for most people, that's the the far majority of applications. When is the last clinical experience that you have now? Sorry, I maybe should have done a better job explaining it. So I worked in a nursing home for a year and I I stopped doing that in November, so a few months ago. Okay, so you did that for a year. Okay, so you did that for a year. So you're going to apply. Let's assume you apply AMCAS, right? You're going to apply. You have a year experience. How many hours, roughly? Were you full-time, part-time? I was part-time, but I think it was around 500. Okay, so, and is that the only clinical experience you have? So I have, I have, it's called like patient transport at the hospital for volunteering. So I have that. And And when was that? I have. I'm still doing that now. I started in high school. I took some time off, but I came back and I've done it for a year now. Okay. So not the best clinical experience, but I would probably mark it as clinical. Um, uh, The nursing home. So you're going to have this break from November to after your application submission um, that you're not going to have clinical experience outside of potentially patient transport if you continue doing that. 
that may be a big enough reason to go just apply next year so that you can get back into your clinical experiences. You don't have to rush to take the MCAT and, and worry about putting this arbitrary deadline of I have to take the MCAT in July because I have to apply this year when ultimately there's no have to anywhere. Right. That's just an arbitrary yeah. thing that you've made up because the clock is ticking and I need to go and I need yeah. to start this and blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> y- you've already failed the MCAT once. Right. In, in <laughs> metaphorically yeah. speaking. So the best thing that you should do is just slow down, take a breath, set yourself up for success. And that means going back, getting your ducks in a row for for maximizing your MCAT score and maximizing your application. I think too many people focus on one thing and not the other. They focus on MCAT and they hurt their application. They focus on their application, they hurt their MCAT. You you need to balance both. And if that means slowing down and not applying until next year, then that's what you should do, unless you like wasting money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. We we don't need to continue to make donations to the AAMC. They yeah. have plenty of money. They're fine, yeah. They have five hundred million dollars of net assets. Can't relate. Okay. No, I can't relate either. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate either. No. Well, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I so appreciate it. that that is my advice. Just pump the brakes, set yourself up for success. Okay. And, and my recommendation is apply next cycle. Okay. All right, Hunter. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right. The AMC doesn't need any more of our money. Uh, that is my mission. Like if, if I could get uh, the government to sanction the AMC along with uh, <laughs> Russia right now, like I'd be all for it. Stop punishing pre-med students. Ah. <sighs> Preach, preach, preach. All right. Let's uh, bring on more people. Ezra, where'd you go? Maybe Ezra cannot join. Hello, Ezra. All right. Let's uh, move on to Nat. I wish it was faster. Like... I pushed the button. Should come right on. Hello, Nat. Hi, Dr. Gray. My name is Natalie. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Um, so it's kind of long, but I was a med student in Peru. I'm from Peru. And I came a year and a ago, a year and a half ago. And I transferred to Unaweed University of Nevada. Um okay. so, so pause pause for one second. You are a med student in Peru. Are you Peruvian? Like you, that's just where you grew up. You went to med school there. You weren't, you're not like a, a U.S. student and you went to Peru for med school. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm okay. from Peru. Got it. I just came a year and a half ago. Got it. Um, so I transferred here. I transferred some of my upper divisions classes. So um, transferred some, some classes from my med school here to the undergrad because I'm a bio mayor here now. They accepted some of your med school classes? Yeah. They That's did. cool. Okay. So 
Um, so I have to start taking like the OCAM that we didn't really take it, took it. I didn't really took it in med school. I don't know if we need it here, but yeah, no, we don't take OCAM in med school. OCAM is like our weed out course here in, in undergrad. <laughs> I um, so I'm struggling with OCAM right now. Yeah. Um, but so my question is, um, I had a 3.8 GPA, um, from my med school in Peru. Great. When I, yeah, when I came here, um, I thought they were going to accept it. So when I got my official transcript uh, last two weeks ago, because I'm planning on applying this cycle to med school. Okay. So because I'm, I'm going to be done on May. So I got my official transcript and it didn't say anything about it. It was just like transfer credit in 75. That was it. Correct. I didn't pay or anything. And I just got the GPA from here. Which is not good because my first semester I was struggling with English. I was struggling with stuff. So I I have to What's your, what what do you think you're gonna end up with GPA wise here? Um well here my GPA is three point three. Um okay. my, do you have an upward trends like you struggled yeah. first year and then Yeah, so I have the spring twenty one, it was um three. Okay. And summer because I took four classes in summer was four. Okay. And um, the last semester that I took OCAM and I, I did bad, it was 3.3 because all okay. my classes were fine, but OCAM was like a C. Um, and right now I'm struggling. C with or C minus? No, C. Okay. So this semester I have OCAM too, which I'm struggling with. I'm trying to take it, to have at least a B so I don't have to take it to so my advisor was saying that I have to retake OCAM 1 because I have a Z. Um, I don't know about it. So anyways, um, I have that. Of course, I have a lot of clinical experience from Peru. I have shadowing. I have volunteer and stuff like that. But I heard you saying that it would be necessary to have something here because the healthcare system is different. So um, I've been working uh, as a med tech in a senior living um, okay. for about the year and a half that I'm here. Awesome. Time. Um, I think that's kind of... Um, clinical experience mm -hmm. i'm not sure if i should apply this cycle or next cycle so i can wait for the two semesters that i have left to put my gpa you know high um and also the mcat i didn't know about i, I was totally <laughs> lost <laughs> i'm sorry that's okay i didn't know about the mcat until my junior year they're like hey ryan you're gonna take this mcat this year i'm like what the, what the heck is that <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't even know that here you can have advisors at university. We don't have that in Peru. So I found out about that like two months ago. And she told me, oh, yeah, if you want to do that, then you have to take the MCAT. And I was like, what is the MCAT? Yeah. So um, I did the diagnostic and it was 500. Um, That's really so, good. So, yeah, I mean, so I was thinking maybe I can take the MCAT on June and then do the throwaway school that yeah. I about but then i don't want to rush myself but at the same time i know it's something in my mind yeah i see my friends already finishing med school they're going to the hospital i'm here taking classes that i don't need and i i just feel hard do you know do you know what this is i'm, I'm covering my eyes do you know what this means um, you, you have to put on your blinders you have to not look at everyone else around you no. it, it doesn't it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. I know. Okay? The only thing that matters 
is your journey and setting yourself up for your success. Okay. So first question, are you a permanent resident yet? Uh, what? Are you a permanent resident or a citizen here? Okay. Awesome. Did you get like a visa lottery to come here and, and green card lottery, whatever it's called? Yeah, I have my green card. Leah. That's awesome. Okay. (laughs) So, so residency aside, that's awesome. Yeah. The biggest concern for me is when do you graduate? This May or next May? Next May. Yeah. The biggest concern for me is going to be your GPA trend. And if you apply this year, you are basically saying, I know my grades don't look great here yet, but trust me, they're going to be good these next two semesters. These next two semesters that I can't tell you about because I'm not going to put them on my application. Too many students hope and pray that they can update schools throughout the cycle and go, hey, here's my new semester grades. Hey, here, here's this other thing that I did. Here's this A that I got in, in biochem or whatever. And it just doesn't work that way. You have to apply when you have the foundation, the grade foundation, to show that you are academically capable of doing well in med school. And for you, that probably will mean applying next cycle so that you can just focus on grades right now. That is your number one concern. And I know it's not fun and all your friends are out there being doctors and la la la. But for you, you were the silly person who decided to come to this country and want to go to medical school in this country. And so it's just going to take, your path is just going to be a little bit different. And that's okay. 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 I wasn't expecting that, but I mean, thank you for your uh, being sincere. I think that's how you say it. But yeah, um, thank you for being honest. That's how you say it. I'm sorry, my English. That's also. <laughs> it's better that. Um, okay, so I'll do that then. And do you think I should do shadowing here? Like, um, so. Yeah. Shadowing, clinical experience. It sounds like you're getting clinical experience already, but shadowing definitely. Um, in, in person if possible, and then virtual shadowing uh, on top of that as well. So virtual shadowing, I do uh, every Monday, I do live, but you can watch the replays uh, throughout the week. So yeah, the, again, the goal, right? You mentioned at the very beginning, the healthcare system here is very different than in Peru. And the goal is to understand here because you're applying to medical school here. And then the other thing you have to think about is is how you're going to write about the fact that you started medical school in another country and then you came here and just what that story is going to look like. But I'm sure you have a reason. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. Either. Yeah. Yeah. So on the application, it'll say, like, have you ever matriculated into medical school? Oh. And so you'll have to say yes to that. And then you'll you'll have to write about what happened. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um. Yeah. Sure. I just go the next year. I guess. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna be a grandma. You are not. How old are you? I'm 25. You're a baby. <laughs> You're a baby. You got lots of time. Go. Go find uh the road to Dr. Jen, the road to Dr. Jen here on Instagram, uh or on TikTok. 
she's a 53 year old first year med student oh wow <laughs> you got you got lots of time okay enjoy okay. the journey don't just look at that end goal right a lot of people why why in your brain you're going oh my gosh i'm going to be a grandma is because you only are thinking about the end enjoy every single day every single step it's a part of your journey a part of your life enjoy every single moment thank you dr gray all right thank you. have a good day you too welcome thank to the nut house of uh, the united states <laughs> <laughs> oh all right Let's keep rocking and rolling. Kelsey, one of my classmates is 56. Nice. Go, Nat, go. You got lots of fans here, Natalie. Hello there. Hello. What's Hi. your name? How are you? I'm good. What's your name? My, my name is Allegra. Hi, Allegra. Mm-hmm. Allegra like the uh, medicine? Allegra? like the medicine. Nice. (laughs) Your parents are like, I have allergies. I'm going to name you Allegra and you're going to cure me of my allergies. (laughs) (laughs) So I have some quick questions because I'm thinking about applying this cycle. All right. Um, So. Well, well, uh, we're, we're, we're two for two already this morning telling people not to apply the cycle. So let's see if we can keep it going. Okay. So for my GPA, I have a board trends oh first of all i'm a i'm an international student okay so that's the very first thing so i moved here in 2018 okay. in the united states for college and i just graduated i graduated last december okay and um for my gpa i started off with a i think 3.2 okay. and ended up with a like for my semester right uh, my first semester, I got a 3.2. My second, there's just like an upward trend. Right? A good upward trend. Yes, because my last semester, I got a 3.7. Okay. My second semester, that's where I had a, dro- a drop in my grades. And I had a 3.0. And I've been going up since. Okay. And I ended up with a 3.7. So my overall GPA ended up as a 3.3. And my science GPA was a 3.59. But... Okay. I know that the the way the AMC calculates the grades like is different. So I, I use I use mapped. Okay. <laughs> and I'll mapped my science GPA dropped to three point one. But there's there's still the upward trend though. Okay. That's a good part of it. So I don't know if I should apply the cycle or wait because because of my international uh, student status I can't like just recklessly think about like a master yep uh because everything is <laughs> involved yep and uh so I was like thinking with the upward trend and the experiences that I have because I've been volunteering shadowing and now I'm a medical assistant okay. do you think I should I, I can apply this cycle <laughs> Can you? Of course. Should you? I don't Should know. I? It's it's hard to know without actually seeing your graphs. So send me okay. send me a DM uh, here on Instagram okay. with the email that's associated with your mapped account, um, so okay. that I could actually look at your graphs and see. And then 
and then I'll let you know what what I think. Um, okay. I had a great conversation with a, an international student on Wednesday on the pre-med years, if you listen to that at all. Um, and we mm-hmm. talked a lot about being an international student and what that looks like and visa restrictions and all of that yeah. fun stuff. So um, I, I think there there are lots of, of questions and hurdles and obstacles and, and things to consider. Uh, right. And GPA is one of those things. So yeah. uh, in, in terms of, of GPA and, and what those trends look like, I just, I have to look at them. Mm-hmm. But also I think my big, another big issue that I had, because I, I was even thinking about applying last cycle, but another big issue that I had was my, my lack of experiences and also my MCAT uh, that I'm retaking in a few months. So that's why I was like, should I, should I not? everything but i'll send you i'll dm you and send you everything all right Um, sounds good okay all right you're welcome you have a good day you too thank you all right keep rocking and rolling got a hundred plus people here thanks for hanging out with me this morning hanging out with us we'll keep going bring people on Hello there. How's it going? It's going. You're driving. Yes, I am. All right. Maybe not smartest idea. That means you're gone. <laughs> Goodbye. We do not play the driving game. If you're going to drive, do not come on Instagram Live. Come on, people. <laughs> Goodbye. Hello. <laughs> she left. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, Doctor uh, Gray, this is me, Justin. Again, it's been uh, a week, I think. Uh, last time I joined. <laughs> yeah. What's up? So, I, I was thinking. I called um, the medical school that I uh, am planning to apply to about you know how late I'm going to take the MCAT. Okay. And um, I was also talking to some other people. It seems like a lot of people here at the school, at Wall University, uh, they take the MCAT so late. They apply to this uh, to this one medical school, and um, you know it works out and stuff. But like um, I've been reading your book, I I've been reading a guide to the MCAT, and it's so great and it's like oh so cool. But um, I was wondering, uh, I asked them if they were okay with me applying without my MCAT score and then giving them my MCAT score once I took uh, the MCAT in August or September. And they said, it's my choice that it's all right. But at the same time, like, um, what do you think? Like, I mean, didn't we have this conversation last time? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You, you want my same opinion? That's too late to take the MCAT. That's my opinion. That's true. It's super. Yeah. It's super late. Um, for other medical schools. Kelsey's jaded. She's like, yeah, they want your money. Of course they're going to say, yeah, that's fine. Apply. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> that's free money. They don't even have to look at your application. <laughs> They'll just be like, oh, he's taking it so late. Oh, that's intense. <laughs> yes. Hello, Kylie. Um, yeah, that, that's my opinion. My opinion has not changed week over week. Shocker. <laughs> that's true that makes sense um so i guess um applying not for the 2022 2023 cycle 
uh, but applying for the 2023-2024 cycle um, would be a better idea if I take it that late. It makes sense. Yeah. I wish I had another question. I just, I was so rattled by this and I was just like, um, listen, listening and like reading. And I was like, oh, I wish I can get into it without a gap year. But look at uh, the end of the day, it's, it's up to you. If money is not an issue and time is not an issue, then apply because it's only money. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, most students have to worry about that and go, should I spend three thousand, four thousand dollars applying for my primary and secondary applications, knowing, knowing that I'm making a mistake and hurting my application by getting my MCAT in later? Yeah. Or do I just slow down and take it next year and, and not waste the money? That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And with gas prices, you need to, you need to, so thanks bad. Biden. No, just <laughs> All right. I need free gas, please. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, it, the thing, the reason why I'm thinking about it a lot is because, um, right now I'm home is in Mexico, but I was born here in the States. So like, I'm a, I'm not an international student, Yep. but, um, I'm living 2000 miles away from home. And so like, Thinking about taking a gap year and staying here in the States makes me think like, oh, what do I do? Like, what do I do during that gap year? And maybe I can get like a lot of clinical experience if I find a place and something. And so like, oh yeah, I think I, sh- I should think about that a little bit more. Hmm. You got it. Thank you so much. Set yes. yourself up for success. That's the answer. I agree. All oh, right. Goodbye. Thank you so much. <laughs> don't come on next week and ask the same question <sighs> oh man alright let's see if Murad pulled over I, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt oh he declined good <laughs> he's like no I'm still driving I'm still driving don't don't pick me don't pick me yet oh man hello there oh hi <laughs> what? <laughs> what a creepy laugh you're like hi <laughs> i'm sorry i, I started listening <laughs> I've, I've been following you for a while <laughs> and it's it's surreal to, to finally get alive hello um so i'm a non-traditional student okay. um i'll be graduating in may after a couple of years of being in a undergrad um, I have about 3,000 um, hours of experience uh, in clinical, but they're from back in 2011 to 2013. So yep. would those still be good enough for me to continue or should I take new ones? So they're good enough to put on your application. But in my mind, if that is your only clinical experience... 2011 to 2013 and you are sitting here going here's my application I want to be a doctor without evidence actionable evidence that shows that you're putting yourself around patients and it's been eight years nine years then I don't believe you I want to be a doctor I haven't done anything for nine years but trust me trust me I want to be a doctor 
That is the biggest, the, the biggest red flag that I see in applications and students don't understand. They're like, but, but I have it. I have 400, 500, 3,000, 6,000 hours, but it was five years ago, six years ago. But, but I have, I have hours. And they think that's good enough. And it's just not because when you think about it logically, you go, you are applying to be in 200, 300, $400,000 in debt to enter a career that's going to take you seven years to get out on the other side. And you haven't done anything to show that you actually like it. I'm not going to trust you. And I'm protecting you by rejecting you. Okay. So I recently decided to go um, into the medical side of it. Um, I'm a psychology major. Okay. Um, So throughout the whole COVID situation and everything um, going on, um, I basically found myself going into the medical side of it because it just felt right to me. Um, I do have pre-meds that I need to take, um, that I plan on taking, um, next year from 20 fall till next year. Um, I was, the plan was to, um, apply by 2024, um, which now it sounds that I might need to change careers as well because I work as well. What kind Um, of work do you do? I'm and I'm in the office. Basically, I do office administrative work. Okay. Um. So it kind of sounds like I need to go back to that field that I was in. You you need not necessarily to jump right back into what you were doing before, but you need to be getting clinical experience. And so, if the job that you're doing now is a good job and it pays the bills and you like it and it, it has some flexibility to allow you to do other things and take classes then maybe you stay in that job and you add some stuff on top of it to get back into clinical experiences, putting yourself around patients, shadowing physicians, all of that stuff that's going to set you up for success. So I was planning on doing some shadowing while I was taking the pre-meds. But would your advice, would some clinical um, hours on top of that would benefit me now? Yes, shadowing and clinical experience are different. Okay. One is passive, one is active. Shadowing is passive, right? You're just watching the doctor do their job. Okay. Clinical experience is you interacting with the patients to prove to yourself that you like taking care of patients. Okay. Okay, it makes sense. Um, And then I had a question. So my pre-med advisor advised me because... I kind of want to do it within a year frame, um, take the whole pre-med courses that I need and then take the MCAT um, as well. Okay. Um, would it be advisable to just take the two years um, just because I'm not doing it? I'm not doing it at the post-bac. Um, I'm doing it on my own, going back to community college and taking yeah. these pre-med classes. Well, that that is a post-bac, but you're not doing like a formal post-bac. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not doing so if I'm not doing the formal one, would it be advisable to do the MCAT at the end of next semester? Next well, technically June and July next year, or should I just wait a whole another year? There there's no difference formal post back, do it yourself post back in terms of MCAT timing. The best time to take the MCAT is when you're ready. And so if you feel like you need to spend your time focusing on classes and then focus on the MCAT, then yeah, take it later. If you think like you can 
do classes and study for the MCAT and do well and get clinical experience and get shadowing, then then sure, go for it all. But okay. but a lot of students start separating things out, doing kind of one at a time. Okay. And then the MCAT typically, I, I know I heard you saying that um, June, um, June, July or August is like the latest you could take it. What's the earliest you're able to take it? You can take it now if you if you wanted to. There, there's okay. really no too early other than it. the score expires after two or three years, depending on the medical school. Okay, got it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Let's keep rocking and rolling. It's a good day today. Let's bring on Omar. Hello, Omar. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, a big fan of you. And I I remember I binge watched all your videos. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, good to, it's good to see you. Um, I had a question. So I applied um, this application. Okay. And, uh, you know, I got a few acceptances. Woohoo! But thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but there was one thing that I was uh, waitlisted at a school nearby. Okay. It was like my number one school. So what is your advice on uh, letters of intent? Yeah. Um, it, yes. Does, so the, I, does the school accept them? Yes. Okay. Go for it. So go for it. Write a letter. Write one. Okay. What's the worst that's going to happen? Right. All right. They okay. say no. Well, you're you're not accepted now. So it's <laughs> right. It doesn't it doesn't hurt you. You're saying. Yeah. What? Why do? Are you concerned that it will hurt you? I mean, I was thinking like maybe you know they already ranked me on the wait list, right? So there's like no point. It's not really going to change much. That's what I was thinking, but. But then, like my brother, my older brother told me, "Okay, let's say there's two people. One, they're both waitlisted, similar stats, everything similar, but one wrote a letter of intent and one didn't. Which one are they going to accept?" So then, I was like, "You know, the one with the letter of intent, <laughs> maybe." <laughs> Unless the letter of intent is like, "What the heck that. is wrong with you guys? You <laughs> are missing out. I am God's greatest gift to your school. What is wrong with you?" Right? Obviously, <laughs> right? Don't don't do that. Um, the the only decision in my mind is whether or not a school accepts updates. And I would consider a letter of intent an update letter. It's just a very specific update letter. To say, hey, I have acceptances now, which I'm super grateful for, and I really, 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 really want to come to your school for X, Y, and Z. Oh, should I mention that I got accepted? Yeah. And, and this is the, the key thing. Okay. <laughs> Why? Why should you mention that you have an acceptance already? I mean, it does it like kind of like show them that, you know, like I really want to go there. You know, it's that. Well, it shows them that you're not desperate. Oh, okay. Right? There, there's a huge difference. I always, I always joke about um, uh, just kind of stereotypical, right? The, the, the boys out there, when you think of like high school, the boys can never get a girlfriend, right? And as soon as they get a girlfriend, all the girls want to date him. They're like, oh, he's taken. He must be special. We, we want to date him too, right? So if the medical schools go, okay, he has other acceptances, 
And he's telling us he wants to come to our school for X, Y, and Z reasons. I'm going to take that more seriously because you're not doing it out of desperation. Obviously, if a student doesn't have acceptances, then sure, if I accept you, you're going to come here (laughs) because you're desperate. (laughs) You have no other choice. Because you have no other choice. Got it. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's great. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. So send it. Short, sweet. Mention that you have however many acceptances. Just let them know you're fighting off schools with a stick, but it's really, really them that you want. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. And all your work is is amazing. It it truly helped me so much. Like you won't understand, but I really appreciate all the work that you've done to help like pre-meds and stuff. So. I, I appreciate that. The, the only thing I ask in return is you just tell everyone else to come come watch my videos and listen to my YouTube video or listen to my podcast, etc. Absolutely. Just keep passing right, it Dr. on. Gray. And I do. I always tell my friends. <laughs> Good. All right. All right. See you, Omar. Congrats. All right. <laughs> the problem is I'm desperate. Desperation. It, it happens. All right. Let's keep rocking and rolling. Kelsey, isn't that analogy? Like, I, I think it's a true analogy. Um, Kylie's still hanging out even though you're accepted. That's good. That's good. <sighs> I haven't seen Adrian on today. Adrian's too busy for us today. It's all right. All right, let's keep it rocking. I think he cannot come. Let's get Justin on. Hello, hello. Hello, Dr. Gray. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I have a question about Letters of Breck. Okay. So I will be applying this coming cycle. And honestly, letters of rec is my biggest concern. Okay. So for some background information, I'm a bioengineering major. So that kind of messes up the quote unquote science letters that are required by some schools. Yep. Because I'm getting like some mixed information on if schools actually accept engineering classes as science. And, you know, some do, some don't, some are kind of iffy on if they do or don't. Yeah. And I, and I, I would stop you right there. I would worry less about schools for course classification because it's the AMCAS application, the ACOMIS application that make that classification on a application level. Okay. And so I would look at how AMCAS classifies and I know engineering and biomedical engineering and stuff, they, they don't classify as, as science for AMCAS at least for ACOMIS. I think maybe they do, but it's it's going to be uh, a a weird situation, definitely. But you so you still the, have to take all the normal prereqs. Yeah. So the, the problem is like I the the prereqs I took during COVID, so I wasn't really close to those professors, yeah. and I have a much better relationship with my engineering professors. So I just thought, you know, should I sacrifice that? Maybe getting a weaker letter to guarantee guarantee it's a science letter, or should I kind of risk it and? Um, ask my engineering professors. Yeah, so so I wouldn't risk it just without any sort of information. I would reach out to all the schools that you're interested in applying to and ask them. Yeah, I've I've reached out to a couple, and sometimes they they kind of don't understand what I'm asking, and you know I get kind of non non answers. So I just wanted to know your opinion on that. Yeah, do you have access to a committee letter at all? Not at my school, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
well, yeah so so keep asking and 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 just see see if maybe your wording your wording if if they're not understanding the question then maybe you're wording it all weird i don't know yeah cuz i think some schools are still really focused on the current cycle so when i emailed them they were like yeah we'll, we'll accept you know update letters and add it to your um application and yeah maybe they're kind of just you know focused on the cycle right now but yeah um, see if you can get them on the phone know, yeah yeah okay do you, do you know by chance what happens if, say, I send a science letter from an engineering professor and they don't accept that? Would they notify me or would they just kind of throw my application to a bin? That yeah, my my assumption is that they'll just ignore your application because they don't they don't have time. They they don't even notify people that they've been rejected. <laughs> so yeah, okay. they're, they're not going to have time to go, hey, like uh, you didn't uh, you didn't um, submit the right letters. OK, awesome. Thank you for the help. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Keep rocking and rolling. All right, let's see if Murad's back. Hopefully he's not driving this time. <laughs> They're lazy, but we'll still take your money. I don't call them lazy. They're just very busy, and they don't have great communication systems. Oh. <sighs> All right, Murad's still not joining. Let's keep rocking. Hello there. Hi, hi, Dr. Gray. Uh, What's your name? Ezzy. Ezzy. Hi, yeah. Um, I've watched a couple of your videos. Um, I just got into them like in the last couple months. Okay. Um, so I'm a non-traditional student. Um, I'm actually a nurse right now. Okay. Um, and I kind of knew I wanted to become a doctor. Um, so while I was in nursing school, I like did some shadowing, but that was like two years ago. Okay. And, uh, and then I've been working for, as a nurse for two years. Um, and I just wanted to find out, um, I wanted to find out, do I need more clinical experience? Aside from nursing, like, do I need to do some new shadowing? Like, my last shadowing was, like, in 2019. Yeah. So, clinical experience, again, clinical experience, different than shadowing, right? Uh, so, working yeah. as a nurse, if, if you're currently working as a nurse, fantastic clinical experience. You don't need any more clinical experience. You're, yeah. you're around patients all the time as a nurse, right? And, and obviously, you like it well enough that you're like, hey, I want to be a doctor now. Um, shadowing on the other hand, I think you should do, um, and, and it's not like you have to get 20 hours a week shadowing, but if you can do like one day a month of shadowing or a half a day a month shadowing to just dip your toes in the water and, and make sure that everything else the doctor does outside of how you see them work kind of at the patient bedside or, or interaction with them, uh, at, at the, um, the nurses stand, whatever, right? Uh, go, go and shadow just to get that full experience. Okay. So would you, do you think that it's too close? If I was going to apply the cycle in May, do you think that that's too close and it would kind of look weird? <laughs> no, I th just go, go start shadowing as soon as possible. And, and again, as a nurse, you have access to probably lots of doctors and all you, all you need to say is like, Hey, Dr. Smith, do you mind if I uh, stay after my shift for a couple hours and just hang out with you? 
Yeah, thank you. Easy. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. All right. Let's keep going. Murad, I'm not inviting you anymore, buddy. I've I've invited you like five times and it never works. So I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I tried. I tried so hard. All right. Let's get Deanna on. Bruh. Bruh. It's not connecting. Sorry. Sorry. Hello there. Oh, hi. Um, sorry, I'm on vacation, so I'm... Well, that's fine. Just, yeah, my family's waiting to go get donuts. Um, um, I have a question. I'm a non-trad. Oh, sorry. My name is Deanna. Hi, Deanna. Hi. I'm a non-trad, and I did not do anything really to prepare for applying for medical school until about two years ago. Okay. I was just saying, didn't think I was going to be able to do that Okay, ever. And so, um, is, does it look poor to have so few things on your 15 activities list? Mm. So the question is, how old are you? I'm 30. The dreaded, how old are you question? Shame on me for asking. Okay. What have you been doing in your life outside of two years ago, realizing you wanted to go to medical school? Um, so right after my undergrad, um, I, I got my bachelor's in public health and an associate's in medical assistant. And I was working for a doctor who only um, hires medical assistants. So I got a wide range of... Okay. Um, different tasks within that office okay. but then my husband deployed and I didn't work and then COVID happened and then I didn't so two years I didn't work now okay. I've been getting um I've been working as a float at a hospital okay or like a medical assistant so I float around to different clinics and I've been doing a non um formal post back because my public health doesn't have really any of the science classes. Okay. So I, I essentially have like no science GPA. That's fine. So um, you got you have that. So from an activity standpoint, you have medical assistant. You have what else? Um I work I've been volunteering with a nonprofit since twenty twenty one. Okay. Um to end period poverty. Okay. Um I also do the crisis text counseling, but these are all like very recent. That's fine. I, I don't care about when. What else? Um, what about undergrad? What did you do in undergrad? Um, not a whole lot. I was a single parent, so I I just worked part time. What's wrong with that? You got plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> I really. Yeah, so my... <laughs> That's why I'm like panicking because my, my list is, is real short. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if that's your situation, that's your situation. And, and so yeah. you potentially uh, for your application can put, uh, can, can mark yourself as a disadvantaged student and give that context okay. to say as a single parent during undergrad 
and 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 going through the the pre med process as a non traditional student, like you you don't have the time to get as many experiences as possible, um, right. as a quote unquote like typical pre med student. But it sounds like you're getting experiences, but you don't have all yeah. of the like research and leadership and this and right. that, all these extra things that a typical undergrad student may be getting that you're not getting. And and that's okay. At the end of the day, that's that's just who you are and the journey that you've taken. And being a single parent tells me hopefully enough about your leadership and organizational skills and all that stuff from being a parent and being a pre-med student. So um, there, there are lots of other things potentially to think about it. It sounds like um, you have a partner now who's in the military. Right. So are you involved at all from a, like a military spouse partner standpoint with the base or anything? Um, No. So he was a reservist that got deployed. Okay. So, okay. Um, We're not, we don't live on base or even really close to it. Okay. All right. So I was just trying to think of uh, other, other things that a lot of people don't think about in terms of military involvement. So that would be one thing. Um, so he's still a, a reservist. Right. Okay. So the, the biggest thing would be, um, that I, that I want you to think about is, is just that commitment being a reservist, the whole, uh, two, two weeks a year, one week in a month kind of stuff. Um, and what that looks like for you as a medical student and where you may be living and if he can travel to, to do his OTAs and all that stuff. Um, or if potentially he transfers to a different reserve unit, uh, wherever you're going to be. So as, as long as you're thinking through all of that stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, we have thought of that, that, that part of it. Okay. Um, I have another question since I do, um, I have such a short list. Is it necessary or should I not separate since my job currently, I go to different clinics. So I'm getting various specialty hours. Um, you know, I clock so many in urology and so many in OB and so many in should I be separating that or should I just clump that all together? I think ultimately if you were to separate basically the same job, but different specialties, right. it'll look a little bit weird. Like you're just kind of okay. fluff up the application as much as possible. Right. Um, if there's something super, super specific about one aspect of a different specialty that you want to potentially highlight in an interaction that you want to highlight, then think about it in that way, but not from a, oh, if I separate out urology and ortho and OB, then I have three instead of one. I, I wouldn't think about it just in that way. Right. Okay. So for example, like my dermatology experience, I did basic clinical dermatology and then I worked with a Mohs surgeon. So that was like a separate aspect of that, that potentially, right. Potentially is, okay. is, is what story could you tell around assisting a Mohs surgeon during procedures and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Good luck. You. Yeah. yeah. Fingers Thanks. crossed. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get one more party people. It's been a good day. Uh, Adi Dio, stop coming on. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I, I'm going to give other people a chance here. Adi Dio. Um, I know your name now. Not going to keep. No. 
you can keep coming back. Hello there. Hi, Dr. Gray. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's your name? I'm Matthew. Hi, Matthew. So I have a couple different questions. Um, so I'm planning to apply this upcoming cycle. Okay. Um, and I've heard there's a lot like my advisors and a lot of different websites are saying a lot of different things about how many to apply to schools. Um, yeah. Schools. All of them. Why so, not? <laughs> so does it depend on like my stats? Like how do I determine like some say eight, some say 20. Yeah. Like, how many do you recommend? How, how many, to? how many do you want to apply to? I mean, <laughs> enough I to like, get in. <laughs> Enough to get in is, is the goal, yes. <laughs> yeah, so the, the average, if you look at the average that the AAMC updates every single year is now 18. Jeez, okay. It's a lot. My general recommendation is no more than 25. Okay. But ultimately, so, at the end of the day, it's just time and money. If you want to apply to 50 and you think you have time to, to bang out all of those secondary essays and... It's on mommy and daddy's credit card or whatever. Then, who cares? This is true. How <laughs> many of those? How many of those should be reach schools then? So I don't. So so reach. My opinion, reach is an undergrad thing, not a med school thing. Reach okay. safety, like that language, is for undergrad applications, not for med school applications. So. I, I would recommend listening to the pre-med years episode 437. So it's just premedyears.com slash 437 or uh, on a podcast player, just search for pre-med years and then go find episode 437. That's an episode I did all about building a school list. Um, my general philosophy is don't apply to schools based on stats. And okay. I, it, it flies in the face of what most students do but I think if you apply only based on stats, you're not letting the medical schools look at your applications holistically and you're automatically saying, I'm not good enough for you, so I'm not going to apply. Okay. Okay, so I, I need to do work on cutting down my list a little bit. I'm at like, I think I'm at like 28 right now, so I need to work on cutting down. There's And there's nothing wrong with 28 if yeah. you feel like, you would love to be at all 28 of those schools. Now, yeah, if you have 28 because you think that's those are the schools that match you stat-wise, then I would say throw out all 28 and start over. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it based off stats, essentially, so yeah. I need to sort of rethink my list. Yeah. Um, so applying the cycle, I, I do have a pretty major concern that I've sort of discussed with my advisors is that I didn't really, because of obviously a lot of people because of COVID, didn't really get to build relationships with a physician in order to get that letter of rack. Yeah, the um, good a good thing is physician letters are not required for the most part. A lot of my advisors are telling me that I they really want physicians' letters of racks, or like at least one practicing physician or someone in the healthcare field. Who who wants that letter? I, I guess medical schools. So that's what my so so do me a favor. Don't okay. listen to random people, advisors <laughs> included, me included, right? Trust, okay. trust, but verify. Go to medical schools, websites, and look at what they require. 
Most of them don't say we require a physician letter or even a physician letter is highly recommended. Most schools don't say that. Okay. All right. Perfect. That, that actually takes a lot of weight off my shoulders because that was something that's been a, a real thing, weight of concern because I just, I never got to build that. I, I've had the clinical experience, but it's just been that, you know, in, in 2019, I didn't get to build that relationship and now I'm coming back in and it's like. So what kind of know. clinical experience are you getting now? So right now I'm just volunteering um, in the emergency department of my local hospital. Okay. And you don't think you can get a, a physician letter there? I, so I was building relationships with the physicians there because I, I was working there in 2019 as well. And, okay. and now it's sort of I'm coming back and the hospital is a pretty big system. There's a ton of volunteers. And so yeah. um, I'm just trying to rekindle and rebuild those relationships right now in order for me to even build that letter. Of yeah. So so you still have time and you may be able to to do something a little bit different where your direct supervisor may be a nurse um, maybe the nurse writes the letter and the doctor co-signs it. Okay. Right. So, okay. so we can think outside the box here. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll work on, I'll work on that. Then. And then I had one final question. Um, this had to do with sort of my most meaningful experience for my upcoming application. Yep. Um, so you can choose three, correct, for the... For AMCAS and TMDSAS, they, there is a section to mark three activities as most meaningful. Uh, ACOMIS, the DO application, does not allow that. Okay, so what are your thoughts on one of them being clinical, one of them being sort of like an extracurricular academic, and one of them being uh, me, like a college athlete? Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine. And, and I think at the end of the day, the the most meaningful for the the AMCAS specifically, I, I forget what the exact language is on TMDSAS, but for AMCAS specifically, those most meaningful designations are not most meaningful to you in medicine. They're most meaningful to you as a human, to you and your journey okay. and your life. So obviously being a college athlete is a big part of who you are. That's that is most meaningful. Uh, I had someone recently ask about um, putting weightlifting as a most meaningful activity because they're a power lifter or whatever, and I was like, "Yeah, like go for it." Awesome. All right, I think I think that's all the questions I had. Um, I'll look into that episode. And yeah. again, thanks thanks for all your help. I yeah. appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank you so much. All right, fam. I'm going to go take a little bit of break, and uh, then i got to jump on for two hours for Application Academy. Thanks for hanging out. We are a little bit late today, uh, but we still got a good session in. So thanks for being here. Um, I uh, I love just hanging out with you all, answering questions. I'm here almost every Friday. I won't be here next Friday. I'll be in San Diego on spring break with the kiddos, um, so I won't be here next week. But we will be back the week after um, to answer your questions. If you are applying this cycle, sorry, Kelsey, you gotta go study. Uh, if you're applying this cycle and you think you may want some help from our mapped advising team, uh, our advising packages are closing. Uh, at least the, the big application cycle packages are closing on the 25th, so that we can uh, make sure that we're working with you long enough to actually make it a, a value for you. Um, so you can go check that out at mapped.com. That's M-A-P-P-D.com. 
Um, if not, we'll see you next time here on uh, our Instagram live. Bye. All right, so there you have it again, our Instagram live. Please join us Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Typically a little couple minutes after that is when I'm able to get home and get all set up and and ready to rock. Again, that's Instagram on Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern on my Medical School HQ account. We'll see you there. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.